Hello and welcome to Max XP for RPGs, the podcast where I talk about RPGs, but also whatever the frick else I want. And, uh, hey, how's it going? How'd, uh, how'd you find me? <laughs> uh, for anyone who somehow happens upon the podcast, just so you know, I just kind of do this for fun. I'm not really looking at, you know quit my job and make a career out of it, just, just hanging out and talking garbage because I literally don't have anyone in my immediate vicinity that I can talk my garble with. It's been a long week, and thankfully I, I got four days off, well, three and a half because I still have to go to school on Monday, but, yeah, so today is uh, Thursday, um, and my time, but, uh, anyway, so lately, let's see, I finished Pokemon, uh, Shining Pearl, and, yeah, it's still kind of, you know, every now and then I, I'm picking it up and, you know, just kind of playing around, and, uh, right now I'm looking for, uh, sorry, oh, excuse me, right now I'm looking for, uh, the TM for uh, Brick Break, but uh, can't seem to locate it, so I'm probably going to be doing that for a while until I figure out, you know, what the freak Orbrick Gate means, because apparently Orbrick Gate is where it is, but I, I don't, I have no idea what on earth that means. Uh, so yesterday I, I played a little bit of a of an MMORPG called Skyforge, and in handheld, ho- handheld mode on the Switch, it is a blurry mess. It does not look great. But the game's fun to play. It's a lot of fun to play. It's not very often that... Oh, you run into a lesser-known MMORPG that you actually... that you know At least for me, it's very rare that I run into a lesser-known MMORPG that's actually a lot of fun. And it seems like it's got a pretty good, uh, pretty good player base. So... That's nice. So, uh, yeah, other than that, I, I played, I, I played way too much of Nino Kuni 2. I freaking love that game, and I know, you know, a lot of people say that the first one is, is way better. In terms of story, uh, yeah, I gotta stop that yawning. I'm gonna make everybody else tired. In terms of the story, um, Nino Kuni 1 definitely is is a lot more emotional. You know, Kuni 2 is a little bit more, a little bit more on the fun side. Uh, so, that's, uh, yeah. But, in terms of gameplay, like, <laughs> I honestly think it's kind of funny that, uh, Nino Kuni 2 released on the Nintendo Switch at the same time the Tales of Arise released on Xbox, PC, and, uh, PlayStation. Because the game, or the combat, is actually very similar between the two. The, the only difference is, um, Nino Kuni is a little bit more cartoony, uh, Studio Ghibli style, than Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise is very anime, very anime, and a little bit more, you know, dark and uh, dark in story. I guess Nino Kuni has a very dark beginning. I mean, literally, you like uh, the character Roland is a president of uh, of Nino Kuni's. Nino Kuni's version of America. At least that's what we, we would assume. He's the president of the country. 
and then a nuclear bomb like goes flying towards the summit where he's supposed to be meeting with other world good ah <sighs> maybe I shouldn't be doing this when I'm so freaking tired <sighs> okay anyway so yeah nuclear nuclear missile goes flying towards the summit that he's heading towards and he's like right next to it a uh, nuclear bomb goes off, and if you don't know anything about a nuclear bomb, that's taking out a, a really big area. So, yeah, he's supposed to die, and then somehow gets transported to an, to another world. Into a... Into a city called Ding Dong Dell. Oh boy, the naming. Ding Dong Dell. There's a million things they could have gone with. But they went with Ding Dong Dell. What kind of freaking weird... Anyway. So... So, yeah. All of a sudden, he's, like, younger. And then there's this coup going on. Um, King's already dead. And, uh... You and some other person that I'm not going to name here is helping escort uh, King Evan for the longest time I thought his name was Arthur but it turns out his name is Evan maybe he just looks like an Arthur to me or maybe I'm just thinking of him like you know like Arthur and you know uh, yeah to the round table kind of deal that's a, honestly kind of what it reminds me of it reminds me of like an origin story of uh, of King Arthur but it's not it's Evan. His name is Evan. Anyway, um, you save Evan, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to make my own freaking country. Screw those guys. Ding Dong Dell was a dumb name anyway. So, yeah. And because Roland is... Um, and to me, Roland is more the main character than Evan is, but Evan is really the main character. Um, because Roland is familiar with, with politics, given he, you know president uh he's like yeah yeah sure i got another one's going on i can help you so um but the gameplay is the gameplay of nino kuni is a lot of fun i've talked forever about this now uh, this is like a nino kuni podcast and there's going to be a totally different nino kuni episode so i'm going to stop right there and just say it's fun good combat a lot of fun so today <laughs> today i wanted to talk about um a Christmas buying guide uh, from yours truly, uh, me, which that's what yours truly means. So, um, given that I'm like a big avid Nintendo Switch gamer and, uh, you know, yeah. So, given that fact, um, most of the games I'm going to recommend are geared towards the Nintendo Switch, and if you don't have one, um, the OLED model just came out. It's... I, um, to me, personally, OLED scares me a little bit, but it, it's only because, like, the like burn-in is a real... Like, like, for OLED, it's a lot easier to get burn-in. But at the same time, even with it being a lot easier, you'd have to leave it on a static image for a very, 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 very long time. <laughs> like, the chances of getting burn-in are minimal to non-existent, but there's still there's still a possibility and that's the thing that scares me with OLED so no no OLED for me but if you want OLED do it but if you want like the just straight handheld 
switch lights cheaper and um, I personally really really like the blue slash GameCube purple color in fact if I got a switch light which I've, I've thought about a few times just going and buying a switch light just to have a switch light my wife has one she has the I got her the coral pink and she loves that um, but if I were to pick one it would be the it would just be the, the dark blue one which is actually more like a like a purple blue purple blue violet like the GameCube color <laughs> and it looks good I don't know why we don't have that color of Joy-Cons because geez looked great I guess technically we did for a minute with the um, the Legend of Zelda ones so anyway Nintendo I guess technically Nintendo Switch buying guide but just a holiday buying guide for the people that you like because I'm sure there's someone in your life that's somewhat decent enough to, to you know, warrant a, a decent game or two. So with this, I have it actually broken up in a couple of categories. I've been holding a sticky note for a while, whilst driving. That's not dangerous. But I'm not smart. So anyway, uh, first category is everything below $20, which I got a couple. So, Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII are the first two on my list. If you haven't played Final Fantasy, good places to start. I would gear a little bit more towards seven than eight. Eight's kind of weird, but um, both great games, particularly Final Fantasy VII. Um, and they're like, let's see, Final Fantasy VII is like 15 bucks or something like that, and Final Fantasy VIII's uh, about 20. Um, next one on the list, Dragon Quest III. If you really like the classic... Uh, classic art JRPG. Dragon Quest 3 is an excellent game. I, I like 1 and 2 as well, but 3 I think is just the best of the 3. But there's a remake coming out that's almost in the style of, almost, it's, it's pretty much in the style of Octopath Traveler, which looks really cool. I'm excited for that. But uh, Dragon Quest 3 is like, I think at the most it's like 8 bucks, something like that. Uh, then uh, next one is Blue Fire, which is actually not an RPG. Uh, Blue Fire is kind of like an action platformer. Everybody compares it to Zelda. It's really nothing like Zelda. Uh, I guess it, it can be like Zelda in the fact that it's also a video game and there's dungeons. But other than that, other than that it's nothing like Zelda. If uh, if you've played um, Hollow Knight, it's like a 3D Hollow Knight. That's about the best app description there is for it. Um, next two are actually uh, free 99 and that you can play the whole game and so not have to pay a cent. But if you want to get like a little uh, little boost from the get-go, you can put down a little bit of money. Uh, one is uh, the aforementioned Skyforge. You know, I talked about that a second ago. Cool MMO, MMORPG. It's like an action MMORPG, uh, and there's like a ton of classes. And instead of you know just being stuck with one class, you can change class whenever you want. Uh, but you have to you have to go through the story and unlock more and more classes. And I'll be honest with you, like it's it's a game that's better if you have a couple of people playing it together and just going on group quests and stuff. Because alone, it's it's not really that entertaining. <laughs> but Warframe, totally different story. Warframe is like a, if if you took ninjas and then put them into space and gave them guns and swords, you would have Warframe. The game is so cool, so much fun, absolute blast, uh, and it's free. And, like, you can go through the entire game and not spend a cent the whole time. And it is long. And they just built in, like, two big open areas. Uh, one of them has fishing in it. 
which apparently is like super easy to get obsessed with. But they just introduced like DLC to it, where um, you know, again, free. But it's like a, it's like like a um, how, how you put it? Um, it's like space battleship, essentially. Like you and someone else go get into a space fight um, with your ships. And then you can board their ship and just obliterate them and take stuff. If I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's the way it goes. You take stuff. Uh, okay, next category is the kind of mid-range, $20 to $45. I consider that to be kind of mid-range in game price. Oh, by the way, uh, a lot of these games aren't exclusive to Nintendo Switch. All the ones that I've mentioned, they're not exclusive to Switch. They're, they're spread out across just about every system, really. So if you don't have a Switch, you have an Xbox One or Xbox One, Xbox Series X or S or whatever the F the new freaking thing is, and or if you have a PS4 or PS5, yeah, those, yeah it'll, uh, all the games that I just mentioned, they're on those game on those systems as well. Uh, okay, okay, anyway, um, let's see, twenty dollars to the uh, forty-five dollar mark. Uh, first, I put it on here is Valkyria Chronicles. Um, really cool, stylish uh, strategy, strategy tactics RPG. Um, a lot like Fire Emblem, but a little bit. It's set in World War II, so it's if you if you took Advance Wars and turned it into into Fire Emblem, essentially. I guess technically. Anyway, never mind. Um, and I'm going to kind of rope Val, uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 in there as well, because usually when sales happen, and given that it's the holiday season, the sale's going to happen, Valkyria Chronicles 4 is going to drop down to like 15 bucks. Get Val Valkyria Chronicles 4. Much better. Much better game. Uh, but both are good. Both are really cool. Uh, next on my list is uh, Final Fantasy IX, which is like 22 bucks. Um, in Val Val Valkyria Chronicles is like 20 bucks. Anyway, 22 bucks. Final Fantasy IX. Um, this is like, this was like the swan song for classic Final Fantasy. And I mean that literally, because that's like the last one that uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the guy that created Final Fantasy, had like um, actual creative control over the game. And then he really stepped back into an executive, executive role within Squ uh, Squaresoft, I believe, at the time. Yeah, Squaresoft, then eventually merged into Square Enix, and then he was like, peace out, yo. So, um, that wasn't why he peaced out, there's a couple of reasons, but anyway, um, Final Fantasy IX is an excellent, excellent, really fun RPG, great story, amazing characters, again, a good, a good starting place if you never played Final Fantasy. Kingdoms of Amalur, which is at $40. Oh my gosh. Dude. If you don't have Kingdoms of Amalur, and you're either a World of Warcraft fan because of the art style or whatever, or you're or you're a big Western RPG fan, what the freak are you doing? Why do you not have Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning already installed on your Switch, Xbox, or PlayStation? Or PC. I think it's on PC too. Dude, that game is freaking awesome. I think it's like 40 bucks and it usually goes on sale for less than that. Uh, let's see. Ah, dang it. I need light. Here we go. Nope. 
lost it again. Uh, can't really, <laughs> can't really use my phone. My phone's lights too dark, ironically. Uh, anyway, Kingdoms of Amalur, it's such a great game. I have an episode of, podcast episode for that. Oh, here we go, here's some light. Grandia, oh, Grandia, that Grandia one and two, that you know they got the Grandia remaster collection. Um, Grandia is freaking awesome. First game is a little bit more on the innocent side. Second game is just, I just like the the characters in the second game. It, it, it's almost like playing through an anime. Actually, it's exactly like playing through an anime. And the combat system is so different but so cool. It reminds me a lot of like a tabletop RPG, which it just makes it so much better. Um, next on my list is Darksiders 2. I don't really like Darksiders 1 a little bit. That, that one's a little bit more linear. But Darksiders 2 actually is pretty dang close to, like, a hardcore dark, um, uh, hardcore dark final, uh, not final, I'm freak, uh, Legend of Zelda. Because the dungeons are very Zelda-esque. Um, you know, you, you go through, uh, navigate little puzzles, and, like, you run on walls, and, Freaking, you play as death and uses use a pair of sights or like a giant hammer or whatever freaking else weapon he happens to have. <clears throat> it is way cool. I really like Darksiders, and it does have it does have like a big open world air, area that you kind of travel between the different uh, different dungeons on. Uh, anyway, let's see. Next on the list is Witcher Three. Uh, that's usually about 40 bucks unless you get like the complete version then it's like uh, it's like 60 yeah it's probably about 60 bucks you can also get a Walmart for 50 <laughs> but Witcher 3 uh, my gosh there's there's just aren't enough words to explain how great that game is and it, it's worth paying a little extra for the DLC because the DLCs are huge like gigantic. Uh, yeah, Witcher 3, excellent, excellent game. Uh, next is Sonic Colors, which is uh, about 40 bucks, unless you get it at Walmart, it's like 30. Um, remake of a, like the best 3D Sonic game that's ever been made, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, if you like Sonic, or if you know if you know somebody who likes Sonic, you know they watch the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, they're like, oh, I want to play a Sonic game, Sonic Colors, bro. You, go that route. That is the best direction you can go in in that case. Uh, let's see. Next. Uh, actually, next section is the uh, $45 to $60 section. This is the premium games. Uh, first on the list, if I can read it. I can't. Um, that says Tales of Vesperia. So, I'm not a big fan of Tales of Vesperia, and I'll talk a little bit later more on that in a later podcast, but it's a it is a pretty cool game. It's you know if you like the Tales games and you like Tales of Arise and you kind of want to go back and play some of the old other ones, Tales of Vesperia is a decent one to get into. Next is Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. If you have a Switch and you don't have Zelda: Breath of the Wild, or you know someone who has a Switch who doesn't have Breath of the Wild, um, you need to slap them over the back of the head and throw the, throw a Breath of the Wild case at them because they they need to figure their life out. Uh, next is, let's see, we've got Mario Kart 8. Oh, gosh. One of the best 
like multiplayer games, period. And I'm going to throw Splatoon 2 in there as well. My wife and I still pick up Splatoon 2 all the time and play it together. And, and God, those games are so fun. Next is Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and or 2. I personally prefer 2 because I'm weird. Uh, but both games are just phenomenal. Fantastic. Both are huge. Um... Xenoblade Chronicles 1 has more of an interconnected world, so you're, you're going to be able to kind of do and see more and, um, like, go from place to place without really, um, like, almost seamlessly. There, there is, like, you know, loading transitions between, uh, between areas, but, um, anyway, I, I... I greatly prefer Xenoblade Chronicles 2 just because I love the characters so much more. I love the story and um, everything about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is incredible. And the combat streamlined compared to Xenoblade Chronicles 1, but both are both are a blast. And if you if you like kind of the more MMORPG style of gameplay, there there are some good options. They are both a blast. And um, if you if you or someone you know is kind of aching for like a big, like, something big to sink their time and teeth into, and, you know, like an, like an RPG that has a lot of, uh, customization options as well, Xenoblade games have a ton of customization options, a ton of lore, and just, um, one of my favorite parts is almost like the quote-unquote gotcha mechanic, even though you're not, like, you know, paying anything, anything extra for it. But uh, the the mechanic in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, where you kind of um, where you're trying to get like rare blades, you collect a bunch of crystals and you can um, open them up for for blades. And more time more times than not, you're gonna get the common crappy ones. But um, every now and then, you unlock like the super cool rare ones. And oh my gosh, it's it's yeah, that's one of my favorite aspects of it. Moving on, because I've been on here for too long. Dragon Quest XI, one of my favorite uh, JRPGs. Uh, and again, big open world. There's like a 10-hour demo as well. So, you know, if you know someone you know liked the demo, then Dragon Quest XI. Oof, great game. East 8 and or 9. East 8, a lot of people like a little bit more because it's set on, like a, on a tropical island. But East 9 is set in like a big city, and there's... Um, there's a very in-depth story with East 8. Sorry, East 9. There's an in-depth story with both. I loved East 8. I loved the story, but East 9 is also really, really cool. Really interesting. And last for my recommendations is Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, that is a freaking cool game. And maybe I'll talk a little bit more on Monster Hunter Rise in a later podcast. But it is very heavy in action. Very fun. Um, and that's just, yeah, overall, excellent, excellent game. And if you know someone who's who just loves those action-packed, um, like, hardcore customization uh, and, like, intense boss fight kind of battle games, yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is a great option. So, um, there you go. There's my buying guide. Uh, you got a lot of options to pick from. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, and you have different categories, so if you're looking for something a little less expensive, uh, yeah, you got a few options there. If you're looking for, like, the premium products, you got some options there, and some stuff in between. So, anyway, yep, there's my buying guide. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good one. See you next time.